pickles. I quite like them, especially the one on the top left of the screen. Colorful vegetables dipped in salty water, lemon juice or vinegar, whatever the taste, I do like them. Well, how would you define pickling, the process of creating pickled vegetables? Well, it enriches the original character of food with flavor, freshness, and it changes the texture somewhat. It makes the vegetable softer. How does it do it? Well, it basically submerges and saturates the vegetable in a liquid agent. Other benefits to pickling apart from creating a more rich taste and flavor? Well, apparently they are. Firstly, when we pickle vegetables, it breaks down the sugars and makes the vegetable healthier to consume. Number two, it preserves the vegetables, allowing it to be kept in room temperature lasting longer. And apparently, it also has more antioxidant properties, which basically breaks down free radicals and prevents damages to cells. Well, that's what they tell us. But really, I just love it because of the taste. Well, what's that got to do with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person, and that's who we want to speak about this morning, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, into our spirit, and he dwells in our hearts. And we know the Holy Spirit is all-powerful, is all-knowing, and for some people, the entrance and the presence of the Holy Spirit in their hearts and their lives can be a source of, well, confusion, concern, or sometimes even excitement. But one thing I do want to say, the Holy Spirit figuratively is like a pickle. The Holy Spirit is not coming to override us. He's not coming to short-circuit our brain, he's not going to suddenly change us into robots or zombies who are now mechanically controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to enter our life and overpower our wills. He's not going to make us do things that we don't want to do. We are submerged in the Holy Spirit spiritually. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit, but we are still we. We are still the same person that we always were. We, we, we can change, we can improve through a natural process like any other human being who is not perhaps filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, like the process of pickling, adds flavor to our life. The Holy Spirit causes us to have preservatives in our life, causes us to be able to last longer, causes us to have more endurance, causes us to have more stamina. The Holy Spirit potentially causes us to have this ability to discern between that which is healthy and not healthy, almost like that antioxidant 
properties that exist with pickles. One thing for sure, the Holy Spirit is not going to make us less human. I remember the day that I got born again and had a powerful experience with the Holy Spirit. It was a night meeting in the church and I went to sleep about 2 a.m. excited, something tingling, something different happening in my life, in my heart. I was just a teenager at that time. I woke up the next morning. The same feeling and the same sensation of something different having invaded my life still prevailed. I still had that same sense. But you know what? I still had the same homework to do. I had the same difficulties doing those homeworks, those, doing those homework. The, the subjects that I liked, I still liked them. What I was good at, I was still good at it. But there was something different inside of me, something more enabling that happened inside of me. The Holy Spirit had come into my life. Now, we know about the Holy Spirit and through what Jesus spoke to his disciples. There are basically three portions of scripture that I want to highlight to, to you this morning about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Because I don't want to share to you about the Holy Spirit for what I know of him. Because Jesus knows the Holy Spirit more than I do. And it's interesting that the three areas that I want to touch on about the Holy Spirit comes from the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is probably the latest gospel to be written. The Gospel of John has 21 chapters. The passages that I'm going to speak to you about starts from John chapter 14, which means John chapter 14, 15, and 16. And these scriptures, passages about the Holy Spirit were spoken directly by Jesus. And these passages are unique to the Gospel of John. It does not exist in the other three Gospels. And since it is being introduced in the Gospels, in this Gospel of John from chapter 14, I would say it does become a very important theme of the Gospel of John, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think one of the reasons why the Gospel of John does speak a lot more about the person of the Holy Spirit is simply because this gospel was written much later. And the writer of the gospel, whom we believe is the Apostle John, must have realized that the other gospels were more biograph biographical. They were not so much instructional, they were not so much having teaching material. And he was probably sensing a need to fill in the blanks between what people were experiencing and what they needed to understand about their experience of the Holy Spirit. So I believe these three passages are going to help us understand more about the person of the Holy Spirit so we can understand what we're experiencing, what we're going to experience with the Holy Spirit. John's Gospel Chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. Now, Jesus speaking to his disciples said, If you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. And then next part he says, and then I will pray as a consequence of knowing that you love my commandments. I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper. That this helper, he may abide with you forever. Sorry, that wasn't meant to come out so early. Well, this other helper would abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. Well, I think first of all, we need to clarify this part. If we want to know the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that one of the key purposes that the Holy Spirit has been given to us is to come alongside us, to support us, to help us. Hence, he's called the helper. And he's not going to do it all for us. He is not going to leave us. He's not going to also make us do it all by ourselves. But let's be clear. He's not going to finish the race for us. He's just going to be like a coach. He's going to be right alongside us, inside us. He's going to be helping us along, coaching us along. But the willingness, the attitude, it must start from within us. The Holy Spirit has not been given to us because we are helpless. The Holy Spirit has been given to us as an assurance that God not only sent his son to die on the cross to win our salvation, but the Holy Spirit has been given to us as an assurance that we will finish that race. So, we need our starting point with the Holy Spirit is we must have a desire, a commitment, a willingness to want to obey Him. And that willingness comes from the root of love. It's not that we obey God and then prove that we love Him. No, it starts with love. And love will help us obey God. All we need to do is to love Him and that will create the fruit of love, uh, of, of obedience. When we go about it the wrong way of wanting to obey God without cultivating relationship, all right, we're going to have it difficult. So the Holy Spirit is given to us to build this communion, this fellowship, this relationship with God. He is an exciting personality, but he is given to make things more relational things more intimate and this is the reason why when the holy spirit comes into our life it's like a light bulb goes you know a light bulb suddenly uh, activates in our in our in our brain everything becomes so bright so much clearer it's not like we suddenly become super knowledgeable but just things become clearer 
precondition to a close walk with the Holy Spirit is to love God. That part, we and we alone are responsible for. And God knows that we can love him with all the purity and sincerity of our heart, but we don't have the power to obey him. Hence, the helper has been given to us. Now, Jesus described the helper as another helper, which seems to suggest that this helper has the same quality, this helper has the same status as Jesus. For example, if I was in the airport in Singapore and next to me was a Malaysian and I was talking to a Singaporean, so there are three of us in the conversation, I would say there is here next to me is another Malaysian. And the person I was speaking to would immediately pick up that the person next to me and I, we both have the same status. We're both Malaysian. So Jesus was speaking to his disciples and talking about the third person, the Holy Spirit, and saying to his disciples, here is another helper, just as I have come from the Father, from the throne, from heaven, to be a person to help introduce you to God. I'm going to go soon. And another helper, just as I was, everything that I am, he is too. We're different personalities, but in status, we're the same. So the Holy Spirit is God. And just as Jesus is a person, the Holy Spirit is a person. Just as Jesus spoke, Jesus had feelings, Jesus could communicate, Jesus was able to ex express his will, his desires, the Holy Spirit is the same. Except that the Holy Spirit was not given the expression of human body. The Holy Spirit doesn't have a body but the Holy Spirit now resides within our body. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus made another statement, an assurance that the Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever leave, leave us. Now, remember the Holy Spirit is God. He has all the attributes of God. Why should God be limited in us? Why does he have to come in us, live inside us, and now have to work through us? Well, because God is serious about his covenant. He, had, he has made a covenant with us, and he said in John 15, verse, verse 1, he says, You are the branches, and Jesus is the vine. So the vine will support everything that the branches need and the branches will bear fruit. The Holy Spirit is not going to bear fruit. But the Holy Spirit has now been given to help the branches, us, to bear fruit. And the Holy Spirit will never leave us. Now, on one hand, that makes me feel special. That God lives within me. I am the creation 
My creator has chosen to live within me because my creator feels, uh, a create, my creator has struck a partnership with me to achieve his purposes on this earth. That also makes me feel a little com uncomfortable because, you know, I will no longer be able to detach myself from the Holy Spirit. I will no longer be able to have private thoughts, no longer be able to do things, uh, you know, like have a cheat day, like people have a cheat meal. The Holy Spirit is now within me. At this point, I just want to emphasize, just as the cucumber or the vegetable is now submerged in the vinegar, pickled, the cucumber is forever changed. It's never going to change. It's never going to taste like a, a, an unpickled cucumber anymore. It'll never be able to go back to what it was before. It's going to be different. The cucumber will now have a different characteristic and quality forever changed. So that cucumber needs to learn how to absorb what that vinegar wants to do within the cucumber. I have to give space to this helper or this comforter to work within me. Now, the other two verses that I want to share with you are from John's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 26, and John's Gospel, chapter 16, um, from verse 12 and 13, right? Now, let's look at John's Gospel, 15, 26, first. Jesus speaking again to his disciples, coming back again to the subject of the Holy Spirit. He refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. Now, I know Jesus didn't speak in Greek. But the Greek word for helper is paraklete, the one that comes alongside. Now, even if you don't want to use the Greek word because Jesus didn't speak in Greek, but the Greek is a translation of what Jesus would have said. So when Jesus was saying the helper, he was referring to one of these possible meanings, the comforter, the counselor, uh, the one who speaks on our behalf, the advocate, the one who intercedes for us, the one who is on our side, who is for us, the one who comes to strengthen us. That's the Holy Spirit. So if he has a role to help us and to comfort us and to intercede on our behalf, we need to start treating him like a person. We need to start understanding that God has the purpose for this world. It's going to happen through us. And the Holy Spirit has been given in us to help us do it, but not for him to work by himself. The Spirit has to work in us so that later on the Spirit can work through us. You know, when we eat a pickle, we're not going to drink the vinegar. We are going to eat the cucumber. At the end of the day, 
This world is not transformed directly by the Holy Spirit. It's transformed by people like you and I. But we are powerless to do it unless we work with the Helper. See, what I find really strange is that in this day and age, we would speak to instruments which have artificial intelligence, not really a person. We would speak to these assistants, these electronic assistants, whether you call it Bixby or Siri or Alexa or Google Assistant. We would hear the voice that comes from Google Map or Waze while we're driving. We have absolutely no problem opening ourselves in, tuning in to the voice of technology. But the most powerful person in this universe is now represented within us and we ignore him. I can't understand that. We don't think it is ridiculous to talk to a device because that device gives us useful information. But that device does not have wisdom. The Holy Spirit does. And I guess we're going to have to talk to the Holy Spirit. If you think it is okay to speak to a device that is inanimate, that has no uh, breath and has no soul, and you can receive information through the artificial intelligence of that device, then we shouldn't have a problem speaking to an invisible person who is inside us. You know, there's a consciousness inside of us that can speak to us. Psychologists do talk about an inner consciousness, a subconscious voice within us, the voice of our conscience even. And so the Holy Spirit can use all of this to speak to us. And so we just need to sit every day and start speaking to the Holy Spirit. Just like how you would go to an advisor and tell them your problem, to a consultant, tell them your problem, to a teacher and share your heart out. The Holy Spirit is able to, 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 to participate in such an interaction. It's just that our human mind tells us uh, that nothing's happening when we speak to the Holy Spirit. He's with us 24-7. And Jesus told his disciples, and this is why I think John's gospel contained all these verses, because the disciples in John's day were probably not the ones who walked with Jesus, but the disciples in John's day were maybe one generation after Jesus was crucified. John was still alive, one of the remaining apostles. And John was looking at these people, having the experience of the Holy Spirit, but not fully understanding that experience. Hence, he recalled the words of Jesus and he decided to write it down. See, Jesus told his disciples in the upper room during the Passover. That's John 16. So there are many more things I want to speak to you, but you're not ready to receive it now. But when the spirit of truth, the helper, the comforter, when he comes, he will guide you. 
they will tell you things to come. Friends, I'm not going to tell you that I hear the Holy Spirit in an audible voice. I'm not going to tell you that I'm able to switch on to the Holy Spirit like I can switch on my phone or that I can communicate with the Holy Spirit like I can by communicating with somebody through my phone. It's not, that's not happening in my life. There is a natural way by which the Holy Spirit works in us, relates to us. And it happens through a process just like you want to do pickling of vegetables. There is a process involved. It doesn't just happen immediately. I know pickling doesn't take too long, but the longer the, the, the vegetable is submerged in the liquid elements, the more it absorbs of it, of the liquid elements, and its flavor can change. So, I want to share with you the final thoughts. Three things which I think can cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit to help us deepen our knowing of the Holy Spirit. We need to be absolutely committed and consistent in communicating with the Spirit. Now, this is the part that some Christians are uncomfortable with because this becomes subjective. How do I know? It is the Holy Spirit and not me. How do I know it's not some other force communicating with me? Well, if you want more objectivity, look at the Bible. The Bible tells us that if we ask for the Holy Spirit, God will not give us an evil spirit. That if we are, you know, children of God, it's the Spirit of God who is within us who will be the seal that cannot be broken. And this Spirit will permanently dwell within us. And he who is within us is greater than he that is out there in the world. So why should we be driven by fear? Well, I just said to you, speaking to the Holy Spirit, to an outside party would appear as though you're speaking to yourself. But if you consistently commit to that process, there will be feedback. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 12 and 13, which I just read to you in the previous screen, Jesus did say there are many more things I want to directly tell you, but you will not be able to receive it. But when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will speak those things to you. Which means Jesus did tell his disciples that they would also have to communicate in, with the Holy Spirit through this means that if you want to call it subjective, well, so be it. But we are not people who will have to give up our minds and our brains when we 
communicate with the Holy Spirit this way because we can still test it. We can still, um, we can still subject it to the test of reason. We can still subject it, uh, subject it to the test of comparison with the written scripture. What I do want to say is this. If you're going to be committed and consistent in relating to the Holy Spirit, let that happen in private moments because too many people on the other extreme only want to suddenly switch on the Holy Spirit when they are in ministry, which happens in public spheres. They ignore the Holy Spirit in their private life and then they just switch on their connectivity and Wi-Fi systems with the Holy Spirit in public life. Now, that's a great disrespect to a person who is within you throughout. It's almost like if you are, you know, you just ignore people who are closest to you at home, and then you suddenly become warm and fuzzy with them in front of other people. I think those people are not going to be able to connect with you, your loved ones. Second point, I want to call it shared vocabulary. If you and I, we expand our vocabulary, the Holy Spirit will have more material to work with because the Holy Spirit works within us. He works through what we understand, what we know. Let me explain this to you this way. Years ago, I used to travel with this American. We used to minister in different places together and um, in the morning, he would be up reading his Bible, praying. But towards, towards the time when he came to the meetings, where we were going to go and speak and minister to, he would suddenly, this is the, the, the days before the internet and Google, he would just open up his medical encyclopedia called Merck's. And he would start just flipping through the pages. Every night he would do that two or three hours before the meeting, just flip the pages for a few, for a few minutes, right? And I finally got so curious, I couldn't control myself. I just asked him, Charles, what are you doing? Why, why is it that you read this medical manual, Merck's Medical Encyclopedia, hours before we go for this meeting? And he, he told me, well, I'm not, I'm not a medical person. I'm not trained medically. How am I going to go into a meeting and expect to call out medical conditions if I am never familiar with medical conditions? And then, then I said to him, well, Charles, if you, if you are familiar with medical conditions and you go out to the meeting and then you, you, you start saying medical conditions and say people with this condition, God wants to heal you. How, how, how sure can we be that this is not just coming from your memory, it's coming from the Holy Spirit? Well, he, says, he said to me, you've watched me so many times do this, right? I don't just call the medical condition. I add on other details as well. I add on things like name sometimes, I add on sometimes like an age, I add on some other details which are not related to the medical symptom or to the medical condition, the technical term for it. So yeah, that's true. 
And very often, a person would step out in those meetings and agree that they had all these uh, descriptions fit them and the medical condition fit them as well. So I said, then I said to him, well, Charles, why is it you can have knowledge about a person's personal details and that's coming from the Holy Spirit? But why is it the Holy Spirit cannot supply you supernaturally the name of the condition? Why do you need to be having a vocabulary uh, downloaded into your brain and then the Holy Spirit picks it up and uses it? He said, well, because the Holy Spirit works better if you expand your vocabulary. Because, you know, it's just like the pickle or the carrot that's stuck into the vinegar. If it was a bad pickle, it was just, if it was a bad carrot to start with, you put it into the vinegar, it's still going to be a bad carrot. If it was a sweet carrot, you put it into the vinegar, there's going to be a sweet sour carrot. The qualities which we develop within ourselves can increase the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is the reason why, you know, I don't mind reading non-Christian material. I don't mind uh, even watching movies because when I'm using, watching all of those things, there's an understanding, there's an insight that's happening inside of me that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to strive. I don't have to strive to make it happen. Just like when you plunk the vegetable into the vinegar, the vegetable doesn't have to strive to absorb the vinegar. It happens naturally. And my third point, heart space. Give heart space to the Holy Spirit. The issues that you're going through with every day, let him have something to say about it. Don't just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about the most serious issues of your life. Give him everything, every little detail that's important to you. Speak to him about it. You may not get an instant answer, but as time goes along, you will find an intimacy that comes along. I want to wish you well on your journey to know the person of the Holy Spirit. God bless you.